0: To everything that God made on the earth is designed to procreate itself. God created. He doesn't have to do that anymore. But how does the earth survive? How do we stay here? Because God designed everything to replace itself so that once something dies, once something expires, it will come back again. And not only will it procreate or reproduce itself, but it can reproduce itself in greater number. All right? So the Bible says in the book of Genesis, seed, time, and harvest will be as long as the earth remains. What does that mean? That means that whatever God made, there's a seed in it. That's going to make sure that that which he made continues. Now, the study of evolution says that things evolve. That's true in some cases. It is not true with mankind because God made man as man. Evolution would say God made man as a primate. And the primate over time became human. That's not the teachings of the word. It's, it's funny that God made trees. That's in Genesis, right? Chapter 2. God put how many trees in the garden? How many? I don't hear enough people. How many? Two trees in the garden. He put two what?
1: Trees.
0: Trees in the garden. Now what have trees become other than trees? Have trees evolved and become buildings? No. Have trees evolved and become uh, animals? No. Trees are still what? Trees. 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 Grass is still grass. 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 All right. And the Bible talks about grass seed. It talks about seed inside of of various things that God made. Humans become humans. Primates don't become human. That's not the way of God. So God made everything with seed in it, even human beings. God made man. We call him Adam. When God got ready to make woman, yes or no, he went back into the ground and took out another lump of dust or dirt and made a woman. Yes? What did he do? So the woman is the seed of the man. Okay? If you're eating a, a peach, an apple, a grape, uh, a watermelon, and it has seeds in it, you don't go back to the garden where you got the watermelon and looked for seeds. <laughs> You get the watermelon seed out of the? So if the woman came out of the man, then the woman is the seed of the man. Now what comes out of the woman? Children. So children are the seed that comes from the woman. But it comes from the woman using the sperm, which is the seed of the man. So the man's seed goes into the woman's womb and the woman produces children. That's seeds, that the reason there are human beings is because of seeds. The reason that there's vegetation and grass and trees, because of seeds. Everything that God made that you read in Genesis 1 and Genesis 2, on the earth has seed in it, and from that seed it reproduces itself, and in most cases it multiplies in the reproduction. So when there is seed from the man's body that goes into the woman's body, there's about a million of them. Only one actually gets in. All right? So how many people can one man father? You get into a lot of numbers there. If you look at some of the statistics, you know, some have tried to populate the whole earth by themselves. But there are seed there. So inside of an apple, if you've got five seeds, that means you've got what? Five apples. Yes, no. 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 You've got five what? Apple trees Trees. that bear what? Multiple apples with seeds. So inside of every apple is an apple orchard.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: You've got a whole garden full of apples Mm -hmm. inside of one Apple seed, and then another apple seed that comes out of that. So you got five, four seeds in that apple, then you've got enough to go in the apple business as time goes on in process. So I want to talk to you about that and understand something about this whole way of life. And tonight I want to start off by talking about God's Word as seed. Why do we have the Bible? Why do we have the Word of God? God's Word. As seed. To do that, um, I'm going to give you some scriptures for us to start off with. But I want to open it like this because this has a process to it. Would you read this with me, please? Come on. Most people expect God's word to work like a stick of dynamite, but God's word is a seed. Dynamite is what? What seeds are? I can't tell you how many Christians I've dealt with that wants to get a quick scripture and then fix something. It doesn't happen as much as it used to when I was a younger pastor, but, boy, people used to call all the time, can you give me a scripture? I've got an emergency. I've got a crisis. I've got something going on. Can you give me a scripture? Can you give me a scripture? People actually want to use the Bible as if it's a magic book. And if I've got the right Bible verse, then I can work anything or anything will work out. And we want to use it as a stick of dynamite. We want it to blow up a situation. What I said to you yesterday, I said to you again today. When you pray and ask for solutions, unless it's something that needs to be handled in the immediate, and God knows that, He's going to send you seeds. He's not going to send you a blow-up fix. You say, well, God didn't answer my prayer. No, what He sent to you, you don't appreciate it. Because you don't recognize that God answers prayers with seeds. If I'm hungry, I need seeds. You say, well, I need food. But inside the food, there are seeds. All right? So when you have your Bible, the reason why you have the word is so that you can get the seeds. Not a quick fix. Don't use the Bible as a quick fix. That's why we're to read the word. That's why we're to meditate in the word. So that when problems arise, hey, what will happen from down here? The word will what? Rise up up and come out of your... Because the seed comes up, sprouts, grows and comes out. We use fasting and prayer as an emergency tool. When we should be in prayer... All alone. Rather than be in prayer. In a jam. And we just pray and pray. And a lot of us are just praying for ourselves. I don't mean any harm. But I'm going to ask you. Where in the Bible are you taught to pray for yourself? Call the verse out. If you call a part of it out. I can find it. Where in the Bible are we taught to pray for ourselves and our, and us, ours, where? You're really not. You're really not. Jesus said your needs are met. Mm -hmm. Did you read Matthew 6? Where Jesus said, take no thought, what you shall eat or drink or what you shall wear. Why? Why? Because your needs are already met. He said, Your Heavenly Father already knows what things you have need of. So, our prayer time is to be a time of fellowship with God, it's to be a time of praise and thanksgiving to God. But I promise you, that's what we do the less of. We do a quick praise, and then it's right on to what I need, what I like to see done. I used to have people to write out their prayer requests, and Pastor Man, I can't tell you how many prayer requests I read that had so little biblical foundation. People are praying for stuff that God never promised you that he would do. Well, if the Word doesn't say that he promised that he would do it, he doesn't do that. So before you pray, you have to find out if what you're asking for or seeking is even biblical. Biblical. Which that means it may take you a week or more to even get ready to pray about that thing. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Okay. Everybody look at my necktie. Let me tell you something. You're not supposed to pray what the word doesn't promise. Oh Amen. Because if you do, you'll get a negative, And it'll tear your faith up. So before you pray about something, you're going to have to research it and see, does the Bible say this is a part of my inheritance or my covenant? Let's read Luke 8 and 11, everybody, with good voices. Come on. Now the parable is this. The seed is the word of God. All right, 1 Peter 1.23. Let's read it. Having been born again, not of corruptible seed, but incorruptible through the word of God, which lives and abides forever. Now, both scriptures, Luke 8:11 says the seed is the word. And 1 Peter 1, 23 says the word of God is an incorruptible seed. Now, let's find a couple of scriptures. Isaiah 55. Isaiah 55. Isaiah 55, and verse 10 and 11. Isaiah 55, 10, 11. For as the rain comes down and snow from heaven, and do not return there, but water the earth, and make it bring forth and bud, that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater, so shall, here it is, my word be that goes forth from my mouth. It shall not return to me void, but it shall accomplish what I please, and it shall prosper in the thing which I sent it. So the word of God is seed. The word of God does its job. Its job is to go into the soil and then to bring forth fruit. God's word is seed. Look at Mark 4. Mark chapter 4. And this has always been one of my favorite um, scriptures. Mark chapter 4. Beginning at verse 14. Now, Jesus has just told a parable, and here he says, The sower sows the word. The sower sows the word. And these are the ones by the wayside where the word is sown. Verse 15. When they hear, Satan comes immediately and takes away the word that was sown in their hearts. Verse 16. These, likewise, are the ones sown on stony ground, who, when they hear the word, immediately receive it with gladness. Verse 17. They have no root in themselves, and so endure only for a time. Afterward, when tribulation or persecution arises, for the word's sake, immediately they stumble. Now these are the ones sown among thorns. They are the ones who hear the word and the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches, and the desires for other things entering in choke the word, and it becomes unfruitful. But these are the ones sown on good ground. Those who hear the word, accept it, bear fruit, some 30, some 60, and some 100 fold. Four types of soil, right? Four types of people, right? Or rather, four types of hearts, all right? Some seed falls by the wayside, some in stone, on stony ground, some on thorny ground, some in good soil. Depending on what day it is, what Sunday it is, or Monday night it is, you may not be the same soil you were last week. Do you know I preached on some things, and some folk had a good ear for it. I preached on other things, and they didn't get that. For some reason, maybe they were in a bad mood, or maybe something happened. Their hearts are harder that day. They don't respond in the same way. Then other times, Satan chokes it out of them before they can get anything done. Or, in other times, Jesus said... The heat, the sun has burned it up. I preach a revelation to you, but your circumstance burns it up. And you sit there and say, well, I don't see how that's going to work. Well, that word is gone. All right. The word is the seed that goes in the soil of my heart. Repeat that after me. The word is what? The seed that goes where? In the soil of my heart of my heart. Now that's really important. That's your understanding. Now here's Mark 4:30. This is further down in the same chapter. Then Jesus said, "To what shall I liken the kingdom of God or with what parable shall we picture it? It is like a mustard seed. When it is sown on the ground, it's smaller than all the seeds on earth. But when it is sown, it grows up and becomes greater than all herbs." and shoots out large branches so that the birds of the air may nest under its shade. Now, let's break it down a little bit. Mark 4.30. Then Jesus said, to what shall we liken the kingdom of God, or with what parable shall we picture it? The kingdom is like a mustard seed. So here's God's word. Here's God. God's word. Like a mustard seed. Now, as words, seeds promise something yet to come, because he said it grows up. So I get the word, the word gets in my heart, and growth begins to happen. Growth begins to happen. Now, how long is that going to take? Growth (laughs) begins to happen. But the seed is for something promised to come in the future. The seed is something that is going to manifest in the future. The word, for example, you heard yesterday, goes down in your heart. It's going to grow. It's growing unless you let it get choked out of you or unless you allow circumstance to burn it up. It's going to grow. It's going to develop when you receive it. Faith comes by what? Hearing and hearing what? So you hear the word. Hear the word. Now, when people, and I hate to say it like this, when people were less intelligent, they were more eager to hear. When people couldn't read for themselves, they were more eager to hear. Now that people have uh, versions of the Bible in 300 translations, now that people
1: can read for
0: themselves, and they've got all kind of technology, they are less into hearing the word. You would think with all of the word available to us now, churches would be running over with people. It's the opposite. People say, well, I don't have to hear. I hear the preacher. I I can read this. I can read it like I read novels. And because it's a book, I can read it. When you read the Bible, you may get inspired. But hearing it, hearing it, the Bible says, increases faith. Prayer does not do that. pass to pray for my faith. No, I won't do that. Because that's a waste of time. Prayer doesn't increase faith. There's no prayer I can pray for you that make your faith stronger. Or increase it at all. The increase of faith, faith comes by what? Hearing. And what? And what? And what? And what? And what? You see, the more I hear it, the more it builds up inside of me. The seed gets stronger and stronger. So, as words, seeds are a promise of something. But every promise needs a process. So the seeds are processed through my circumstance. And the process is it goes into the soil. That's number one. With that in mind, understand that the ground... The soil is heavier than the seed. So here's a seed. Seed goes in the ground. Yes? How big is the seed? Small. Small. How big is the ground? You would think the ground has dominion over the seed. But the truth is the seed has dominion over the ground. Isaiah 55 what we just read. The seed is in the soil, but the soil doesn't rule the seed. The seed is going to do what God created the seed to do. And in the ground, although the soil is heavier, it will not stop the seed from coming up. Conditions are right for moisture, sunlight, all that it needs. And the seed puts a demand on the soil. When the seed gets in the soil, the seed says to the soil, give me what I need to become what I am. Give me what I need. It gets in the soil. It dries. Everybody say it dries. It dries. And it dies. It oh, you didn't say it good enough. It what? Dries, it dries. and it, it dies. in order to produce the seed has dominion and authority in the soil. And it pulls from the soil what it needs in order to become what God created it to become. Mm-hmm. The reason you have to hear the word to get it down in your heart is because the word is working inside your heart. Yes, yes. And inside your heart, you can't see it, but it's working.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Now, Bert just A farmer. Otto, Mr. Shipman, is a gardener. One does vegetation, other one does agriculture, other one does flowers. You put seed in the soil, out of your sight. It's doing something that you cannot see. Now, if you're not careful, you'll think it's not working because you can't see it work. And that's the big problem that a lot of Christians have. They hear the word of God. They think the word's not working in their circumstance. They think it's not working on them. They're looking for something faster. They want to stick with dynamite. Not recognizing, right now, so many of you are reading through the Bible with me. I'm in the epistles. Uh, We read through Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John the month of September. Then I sent out a text saying, okay, when you read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, go down to first, second, and third John, stay with John, then come back up to the Acts, and then we'll come down. Why are we doing that? Why are we doing that? And a lot of people say, well, you know, I can't keep my mind focused long enough to read. No, that's no big deal. Just read on. Yeah, but my mind is wondering, well, read on. You need to do do, one or two things. You either need to get in a more quiet place. That may be a problem. Or number two, you need to tell your mind out loud to stay focused. I was trying to read one day, and my mind kept going here and there, so I finally just stopped, and I said to my brain, listen, you work for me. You will stay focused on what I'm reading, and you will absorb what I'm reading until I'm done. I didn't have any more trouble. Because I don't work for my brain. I don't work for my mind. My mind, what? Yeah, my mind works for me. My mind is going here, going there, up at the church, round the corner. No, you stay right here. We're going to read this. You don't give the devil any victory in that area. And when you're reading the word, the reason why I have you reading through the Good News Translation, you read something you can comprehend okay, and understand, but you're not reading it for comprehension. You see, you're at Bible study tonight to get an understanding of the word. We read the word because the word, as it is passing through us, is doing something on the inside of us. By the time I got to uh, the book of Mark, and I read straight Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. By the time I got to the book of Mark, I noticed changes in my attitude. By the time I got to Luke, I noticed a little fire burning about five minutes into my reading. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And I've read through the New Testament many times. Uh, But every time I do, I begin to notice I'm feeling something deep down inside while I'm reading. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: What's going on? The, The seeds are down in there, in process, in process. What's the thing about the attitude? If a person is serious about changing their attitude, they should read the word. And I tell people any time. You say, well, I want my life to change. I don't know what to do. I know, I know what to do. Read through the New Testament. When you get to the end, back up and start over again. And read through the second time. By the time you back up again, the third time, start reading it again, most of what you're dealing with will have disappeared. Because it's a gradual process. I'm, I'm not getting a witness. i just preach on anyway. Y'all not saying anything is what I mean right there. Amen. Or maybe you can't say anything because you don't know what I'm saying. Y'all still not saying anything.
1: Amen. Amen.
0: You know what? You've got to let the word do its work. Amen. Amen. A leopard can't change the spots. You can't change your own ways. You've got weaknesses that you need to work on. You do that through reading the word. The word does the work inside of you. So the ground is heavier than the seed and becomes pressure. Pressure. Everybody say pressure. Pressure.
1: Pressure.
0: There's that little seed down in the ground under all that earth. And what's the earth doing? Putting weight on it. Putting weight on it. Everybody say it's under pressure.
1: pressure.
0: Yeah, but you see, have you ever felt pressure while waiting on a promise to manifest? Just looks like it's just getting heavier and heavier on you. But you see, there's a purpose in pressure. Mm-hmm. Pressure helps to make the seed work. Yeah. <laughs> olive oil is a symbol of the Holy Ghost, which is, which is called the anointing. How do you get oil out of the olive? Do you cut the olive like an orange? You press it. The squeeze on the olive brings the anointing or brings the oil the squeeze on the word brings it out brings it out under the pressure the heaviness of the soil the seed is at its best yeah. so they tell me you even have to be told or determine how far down the planet because all that's important the pressure of the soil brings out the best god works in a seed to break it out of the earth Mm -hmm. or the pressure of the tomb. What did you do with the seed? You planted it or you what? Buried it. Everybody say, I buried it. I entombed it. (laughs) it. You know why you're saved tonight? Because on the same principle of planting a seed, Jesus was put in Joseph's tomb. And Jesus said, except the corn of wheat, go into the earth and die, it abides alone. But if it is buried or goes into the earth, it brings forth fruit. Jesus was a seed, Put, buried in the tomb. That's why they entombed him. That's why they buried him. And what happened? He came out of that tomb. Hallelujah. And because he came out of the tomb, he has multiplied. Jesus is the Son of God. Who are we? Sons of God. 1 John 3 and 1, Beloved, now are we the sons of God. And it does not yet appear what we shall be, but we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. What does the Bible say? He came unto his own, and his own received him not. But to those that received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God. God. Paul said, for you are all sons. Mm -hmm. There is not slave nor free. There is not male or female. But in Christ, we are all sons of God. That's because one son went inside the earth. One man died for all sin. And he was buried in the earth as a seed. Came up out of the earth and immediately began to multiply. Mm-hmm. So, on the day of Pentecost, how many were in the upper room 50 days after Jesus was resurrected? How many? 120. What happened to them? They were all filled with what? Oh, now, check this out. How long does it take a seed to come up for harvesting? Now, corn, help me out. Corn takes about what? How many weeks? For it to come up for harvesting? For harvesting? Oh, 90 days. 90 days. 90 days. 90 days. 90 days. Weeks. Jesus was in the earth three days, yeah. came out of the earth, and then on the 50th day after the resurrection, what is that? Uh, How many sevens? How many sevens in 50? Seven times seven is what? 49. Oh, I ought to get a witness around here. <laughs> What's the number for God in the Bible? Seven. Seven times seven is? 49. And on the 50th day, the day of Pentecost, the the one seed became 120. But check it out. That same day, Peter preaches one sermon and gives the invitation. And how many accept the Lord? 3,000. One guy, one man, one Lord goes in the ground comes out of the ground, and weeks later, one becomes 120, that by afternoon becomes 3,120. And then in the next couple of chapters, Peter preaches again, and the Bible says what? That they multiplied again. And now they are over 5,000 in just weeks, in just weeks, in just weeks. Within three months. He said three months for corn. He said, except a a corn of wheat going to the ground. Three months, and I know wheat and corn are different. Three months. Within three months, there is now 5,000 plus people who are believers and filled with the Holy Ghost. Keep on reading the book of Acts. They get saved by the thousands. Deacon Philip, one of the first to serve tables. God promotes him from deacon to evangelist, only evangelist you find in the New Testament. He goes to Samaria and preaches one sermon, and the whole city is saved. Peter goes to Cornelius' house, and then Gentiles start getting saved and filled with the Holy Ghost. And that's 10 years after Acts chapter 2. So from the time Jesus is crucified and resurrected to 10 years later, we're up now in the hundreds of thousands. Of people that are not ashamed to be called walkers with Christ. One seed multiplies, multiplies, multiplies. From his entombment, his entombment, his burial, his burial, he produces. When the word goes in my heart, there's going to be a result. There's going to be a result. What does the devil want to keep you from doing hearing the word. He is doomed if you really know the word. Because here's what we know. As far as God is concerned, God isn't going to do anything else about the devil. He's done all he's ever going to do. Yeah. Until it's time to chain him down. God has done everything he's going to do. Sometimes you hear people praying, telling the Lord what to do with the devil. And God ain't going to do nothing else with the devil. He's done with the devil. Until book of Revelation.
1: Yeah.
0: You know who's supposed to do something with the devil? You. Amen. What does the Bible say? Resist the devil. James says it and Peter says it. Peter said your adversary is going about like as a roaring lion. So you resist him. James says submit to God and resist the devil and he will run. He'll run. He'll run. You're around here asking God, praying God will do something about the devil in your life, in your home. God doesn't do that. If you want him out, you cast him out. If you want him bound, you bind him. But God doesn't do that. He's done with that. He conquered him at the cross. And the power that he's given to us will take care of that. Now Jesus said the seed grows up and becomes what you need, what you planted for. I wanted corn, I planted corn. I wanted watermelon, I planted watermelon. It becomes what I planted for. Mm -hmm. So my confession may seem seed small in the midst of circumstances, but I keep confessing, I keep honoring the word because it grows, it grows with water. Now, water is a type of the word in the Bible. It grows. It grows. It expands. And what's important to recognize is that when I have the word in my heart and then I speak that word, it causes changes in my circumstance. Man, I've done that so long and for so many years, especially when my back was against the wall and God started teaching me this I guess a quarter of a century, 25 years ago if not longer than that and it's a process where you you learn that the word when you read the word, you study the word, you hear the word and you begin to speak and confess the word that changes can happen in your life and God lets you grow in that direction you think well he's going to come in and just fix everything like I need him to fix it The truth is, the word is so powerful, it works changes in your life. Mm -hmm. When you learn it, and when you put the word on the case with the right talk, when you say confession, you're talking about the right statements, Mm -hmm. that you're saying what God says rather than saying what you may feel or what you may think or describing what you may see. Rather than do that, you say what God says about it. You speak what God has spoken about it. And then the word works. So I internalize the word, see, I've got it in my heart. I confess or speak the word out loud because it's important that I do that. And that begins to work the changes that I'm looking for and that I'm expecting. And what I learned is, There are words in the Bible for every situation and circumstance. And when I'm looking for a certain thing, then that's the seed I need to work with. Um, For salvation, for example. If you want to get saved or you're trying to help a person get saved, you wouldn't wouldn't read in the Bible and say, okay, we use the word, then you turn over where Jesus said to Judas, what you do, do quickly there's no salvation in that. Or you turn and say, "Okay, well here in the Bible it says, uh, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want." That's not about salvation. If you want salvation, you plant the seed of salvation. And what is that? John 3:16 says what? Okay. God so loved the, the world. world, he gave his only begotten son, whosoever believes in him shall not perish, everlasting life. It's or it's Romans nine. 10. What does it say? If you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that God has raised Jesus from the dead, you shall be saved. You use that seed to get that result. That seed will bring that result. If you're sick and need healing, you wouldn't look in the Bible and say, okay, well, I'm going to just use the word right over here. And right over here, the the word says, uh, he that has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. No, rather, you would use... What does the Bible say? With his stripes, you heal. You use the word to build the faith for what you're looking for. Mm -hmm. To bring that harvest or that fruit or that result. Same thing is true for money. Same thing is true for money. Where there's a need for money, you read and you hear and you use what the word says. The word says, he that sows bountifully shall reap bountifully. What does Luke six thirty eight say? Give, and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, shall men give into your bosom. It said God loves the cheerful giver. You use the seed. Bring all the tithes into the storehouse that may be meeting my house. Prove me now, saith the Lord, if I will not open the wonders of heaven. Pour you out a blessing. You will not have room enough to receive it. And I will rebuke the devourer for your sake. For your sake. You use the word, yes. the word that will produce what you're looking for. Mm-hmm. All right? So he said, bring all time to the storehouse. and may be meat in my house. Prove me now, he said, the Lord of hosts. And we run all of that together, and we get it kind of mixed up. Because we, we get the idea, he said, I'll open the windows of heaven, and then you got this picture of God pouring out a blessing from the window. When that's not at all what he's saying. He said, if you bring the tithe, I will open the window in heaven. Stop right there. Then the next thing I will do is pour out a blessing. I'm not opening the window to pour it out. I'm opening a ceiling that's been over your life where you've been walking in disobedience and you have limited your potential and you have tried to go higher in life, but I couldn't bless you. I've got all these blessings for you, Abraham. But Abraham could not get his destiny unlocked until he gave a tithe to Melchizedek. Once in Genesis 14, he gives a tithe to Melchizedek. The Bible in chapter 15 said, God said to Abraham, come outside and look up and count the stars. See, the window is, everybody said, the window is open so I can see my future then secondly God says I'll pour out a blessing not multiple one blessing that I pour out you won't have room for Mm -hmm. then he says thirdly I will rebuke what's been eating up your income I will rebuke what's been destroying your harvest down in Dothan Alabama and surrounding areas. For a lot of years they tried farming and it it just didn't work for them because of an insect called a boll weevil. The boll weevil would eat up all their crops and it was frustrating for them for many years until one day they decided to do peanuts and they became peanut millionaires because the boll weevil didn't have an appetite for peanuts. God said, I'll rebuke the devourer for your sake. I will rebuke the insects that's been eating up your food. But you use that verse when you're talking about bringing in the financial prosperity that you need. You know, a lot of times you've been praying for money. When what you probably need to do is confess the scriptures that says that God will bless you with money, as opposed to asking God for it because I'm not sure that he has it where he can send it to you. (laughs) If I walk according to the word, the word teaches that God is going to bless my storage. Amen. Amen. The word teaches. Have you ever read over in the book of Proverbs? What does it say in Proverbs? It said, in all your ways acknowledge him, and he shall what? It said, trust in the Lord. It said, lean on him with what? And not on your own understanding, but what? lean on him. And it said, if you do that, it'll be health to your navel and marrow to your bones. But then he goes on to say, if you bring first fruit of your increase, he will bless your bones. Yes. All of that is the word. And you use that word as seed to release the fruit of bringing into fruition what you need to release. So when you talk about that, there's a process in place, and that process is important. Now here's what Isaiah 55, 10, 11 said again. For as the rain comes down and the snow from heaven and does not return there but water the earth, and make it bring forth and bud, that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater. So shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. It shall not return to me void. It shall accomplish. Everybody, please say, it shall accomplish. Say it Said again. It shall what? Accomplish what I please. And it shall what? Prosper in the thing for which I sent it. Now back in Mark 4, 30 and 31, Jesus explained how the seed works. The process, the pattern, teaches how the kingdom of God operates because he said the kingdom of God is as the mustard seed. He said the kingdom of God is as a man should scatter seed on the ground, sleep by night, rise by day, and the seed should sprout and grow. He himself doesn't know how. The man will sleep by night, rise by day. You don't go checking the seed, digging it up to see what it'll do. You just go on about your business. You just go on about your business. And say, well, Pastor, I don't know if this thing is working out. Go on about your business. Well, Pastor, it looks like things aren't changing fast enough. Go on about your business. Get your mind off of it. The Word works. Everybody yes. say the Word works. The but you don't know how. First, the earth yields the crop. Then Jesus said, first the blade, then the head. After that, the full grain. There's a process. There's a step-by-step process. And when the grain ripens, immediately he puts in the sickle because the harvest has come. And Jesus went on to say the kingdom of God is like this. A man scatters scatter seed in his field, sleeps at night, is up during the day, and all the while, seeds are sprouting and growing, yet he doesn't know how, all the while, seeds are sprouting and growing. What I had to learn as a Christian was to cast all my cares on the Lord. Stop worrying about how it's going to work, when it's going to work, and how God is going to work it out, and just go on about my business. And gradually... Things improve. The soil itself makes the plant grow and bear fruit. First, the tender stalk appears, then the ear, and finally, the full ear of corn or the ear full of corn. And I'll go back over it and back over it and back over it so you'll understand. When the corn is ripe, the man starts cutting it with the sickle because harvest time has come. Yes. Knowing the right time is important. If the enemy can get you to do anything, he'll get you to move too fast. If he can't get you to move too fast, he'll get you to move too slow. Whether you move fast or slow, if you miss God's timing, it can be dangerous for you. It can be dangerous for you. And with it being dangerous for you, you understand that the whole process has to work right. All right? And these are the points that I made earlier about the seed on the earth, and then there is more soil, And then you consider the process, dry, die, produce through death. And then lastly, the seed multiplies itself. The ground doesn't determine the harvest. The seed does. The ground doesn't determine the harvest. The seed does. Mm -hmm. The word of God determines the fruit. Glory to God. The word of God determines the fruit. That God's word, working the word, the word working in me, determines the fruit. And my potential changes, changes. If we could ever get people to look at their potential rather than look at their present circumstance, it changes, it expands, it continually expands doors open that you didn't plan for because you don't really know all that God has for you there's much more about you than you've ever dreamed and if you let the Lord do what the Lord wants to do your future is going to be astonishing to you glory to God it's going to amaze you you'll look at it and say is this really me Is this really me? You'll pinch yourself. Am I dreaming? Is this really me? Because what God wants to do for us is far greater than we ever thought possible. Because without him, it's impossible. But it's the working of the word of God. And God said it won't return to me void. It's going to do what I've commissioned it to do. It's going to bring the prosperity. And prosperity is not just about money. That's just a slice of the pie. It has to do with your overall happiness. It has to do with your life. It has to do with your family. It has to do with your career. It has to do with everything about you. I hate that when preachers reduce prosperity to nothing but money. It's far beyond. What good is it to have a lot of money and no joy? No peace in your life. But prosperity brings all of that in. When Jesus said life and that more abundantly, he's referring to everything that makes your life worth living. That God wants to raise me up to a level. Hallelujah. Where I don't have to be concerned, but because the word is working and I'm in the word and the word is in me. Here's what Jesus said. Remember this verse and I'll close. Jesus said, if you do what I tell you to do, me and my father will move in and make our abode with you. We'll come to your house and live in your house. We will abide with you if you just do what I tell you to do. You don't have to worry about prosperity. If the Lord moves in, he brings the kingdom with you. And the kingdom, when the kingdom comes in, then everything changes. Your perspective changes. Your ability changes. Your potential changes. Your destiny changes. Glory to God. Come on. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Father, we bless you tonight in Jesus' name. We thank you, Father, that the word of God is seed that is working in us even when we don't feel it or sense it or know it. But by faith, we hear what you say and we will speak what you say. We will internalize it so that we can speak it out loud, and the Word will do its work. Thank you in Jesus' name that Jesus is the living Word. You've given us the written Word, and when we speak, we speak the Word. And we praise you tonight for every good and perfect gift because we know that you're the giver of all life. It's in his name we pray, and every believer will say,